ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. We have a very, very special episode. And it's crazy to think that 189 matches into The Payoff, we're doing something completely unique, first time ever, making history this week, Jeff. Yeah, this is great. You know, no better week, of course. The road uh, comes to an end uh, this Saturday and Sunday. Not for the payoff, of course. We still got a little bit more WrestleMania to talk about. But uh, what better time to talk about this match than WrestleMania week, you know? And we're going to make it really unique because of the length of this match and then obviously shenanigans after the 60 minutes. We're just going to jump right into hitting play and then we will talk about the build, the payoff, and the aftermath all during this match. So hit play, join us for this thing, and we're just going to walk through everything related to WrestleMania 12 Iron Man match. I am so pumped up to talk about this show, about these two guys. We have so many notes, so many things to talk about. This is, I think, Jeff, this could be one of our best episodes ever. I agree. Absolutely. So we are at the one hour and 36 minute mark of WrestleMania 12. One hour and 36 minutes. You heard this right. The main event is starting an hour and a half into the show. Crazy to think about. So hit play, join us, and we'll get started. I'll count us down to hit play, and you'll hear the audio on three, two, one. In that case, that's his son played. Wade, who's at the Slammies just last night, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so Brett gives the uh, glasses to his son. If you remember correctly, his son was a Shawn Michaels mark. Mm. So his son had Shawn Michaels gear, was a big Shawn Michaels fan. Um, interestingly enough, I don't know how many kids Brett has, but none of them got into the business. You know, it's funny, for as many heart kids as there are, and... Mm-hmm grandkids and hell probably great grandkids at this point there's really not that many in the business i mean you have natalia you have teddy hart who you know obviously have you watched that documentary by the way i have yes yeah, me, me too okay so you have him um I mean, who else do you have? Dude? I think there's a lot that we just don't think of, too. So, like, yeah, Ray maybe boys is a kid. kid. Yeah. You know, obviously, behind the scenes, you have... Um, Kurt, or, well, Kurt Henning, yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh, his name's escaped. Kurt Henning's son, yeah. No, 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 I was going to say uh, what, Natalia's husband. Oh, Tyson Kidd, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's some lineage there, but, I mean, for as many kids and grandkids as there are... It's hard to believe that, you know, again, Owen's son didn't get into wrestling or any of Brett's kids or, you know, Bruce was a wrestler. I mean, all these guys had 
all these kids, it's just hard to believe. I mean, it's a little hard to believe and none of the women really, you know, so mm-hmm. anyways, and I, and again, I know they're, they're not still operating a promotion and dungeon and all that stuff, but anyways, so we're yep. here WrestleMania 12, um, Iron Man match, nothing like this had ever really been done before. Certainly not on this stage. Um, but I mean, if there were two guys that you were ever going to do this with, it was Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. It wasn't Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. It wasn't Yokozuna, right? I mean, you know, th- these were the two guys that you could actually do something like this with. Um, starting out very slow, Brett, traditional black and pink. Uh, Sean, just one of my all-time favorite outfits. You know, this is, in a lot of ways, my favorite Shawn Michaels match moment, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, um, I, Jeff, I've, I've sent you the picture, but I have on display my favorite wrestlers of all time, uh, their action figures, and then they're in the gear of my favorite moment. So this is the Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. one that I have. Um, but yeah, and they're starting out really slowly here. Again, they're they're going to periodically put up the clock and the pinfalls. It's not on screen the whole time. Um, Vince McMahon on commentary. I, I, I don't know what it was, but I thought this was one of Vince's best jobs on commentary ever um he was just very much you know in the moment and especially at the end uh it, it was absolutely fantastic yeah it was vince and jr actually or not jr excuse me um jerry lawler and so yeah to kind of set the stage on this one a little bit of you know we've got uh vince as we already heard and jerry lawler on commentary i saw a lot of the, and we're going to get into the reviews on this one too we're not spoiling anything for anybody i don't think but um you know say he really kept people in the match as well too so i think both of them really up to the task on this one of making sure that this was you know a good match and you know especially for the people at home that they could stay engaged in this and so um something else to kind of set up a little bit here too is uh uh, it, it, you know, we have heard the name, but we, know, we haven't really talked about it much. That Jose Lothario is also in Sean's corner on this one. Um, I don't know. Did you? I was kind of curious, and since we had the time today, I actually did pull a little bit um, just about Jose Lothario because I was curious too. And so, yeah. Um, he spent a little bit of time actually in and or most of his time actually in NWA. I didn't realize this actually. At one point, he had a 50 match win streak, 5-0. And so um extremely successful over there. He did had a lot of storylines. Um but Texas, this, Mexico, both. Every yeah. And so um you know, he was actually a boxer and a wrestler too, but had some, uh, you know, Dusty Rhodes had some back and forth with him as well too in the 70s. Dory Funk Jr., Chief J. Strongbow. So, like, a lot of these big names that, you know, from back in the day that we all remember. And so, um, had some random kind of, you know, tag belts throughout the years as well too. Um, it was actually NWA had their own, it was the Florida kind of area. They had their tag belts. He won that a little bit. Um, you know, so just he, he was very successful, but as you know, more of us know that he is the one that trained Shawn Michaels in the 80s, and so be later becoming his manager, of course, on TV, uh, there with him when he won uh, that championship at um, you know, here, uh, you know, continued on, uh, you know, just different things, you know, just a lot. And so I didn't realize he was actually he 
you know, while we are used to seeing him in like the mid to late nineties, you know, associated with Shawn Michaels, he actually didn't die until 2018. And so he's 84 years old. And so he had been around for quite a while. So, um, but he debuted in 56 and his retirement, if you will, from the industry was 99. And so, uh, crazy to think like 40 years involved, um, you know, doing this, which is just insane. So, but a little bit on Jose Lothario there. Well, let's let's go back to um, the card. Sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of work through the the setup for you know this show and then for the um, the build to this match, which obviously is fantastic. And you know, Jeff, this it, it's interesting because you know, and I and I've been thinking a lot about this of just kind of the spectacle of WrestleMania's one through 10, right? So one, it's the first one, Madison Square Garden. We've thrown every celebrity and, you know, thing we can at this. WrestleMania two, gosh, to this day is still ambitious. Three different locations. I wonder if they ever try that again. Probably Mm -hmm. not because, you know, the centralization of WrestleMania and all the events that go into it. But, you know, simulcasting, simulcasting from three different places in 1985 or 86, whatever year that was. That's that's just insane. Mm. Um, It's insane to think about today. They had a hell of a time broadcasting raw from the Manhattan Center in Barclays. And meanwhile, you know, WrestleMania 2, they're doing that. Threes in the Silverdome. Four and five, Trump Plaza, the casino, and, um, you know, just a kind of unique building. And, you know, both those shows were were fantastic. Six, you've got the first babyface, babyface match. Uh, You've got title versus title, Skydome. Seven, Indy. I mean, that was a a big building, dome show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry, seven, L.A., LA with the backdrop of the USA. I mean, originally that was supposed to be in the damn Coliseum. So, but but still that arena looked a lot different. Eight in Indy, nine Caesars Palace, 10 Madison Square Garden. So all of those were unique, right? All of those had something pretty special to them. So we get to 11. Jeff, 11's in Hartford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And it was really a commentary of how down in the dumps the business was at the time. You know, they they did it to save money. It was still kind of New York and you kind of, you know, so they just showed uh, Stu Hart and Freddie Blassie on screen. I did not know that Stu Hart was there. I never I didn't remember that or know that. Oh, it's very interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I did not remember that. So, you know, 11s in Hartford, 12 were in Anaheim. Jeff, I don't know if I'd ever heard of Anaheim before. You know, again, I'm 12 years old. Maybe the, you know, Mighty Ducks were a team at that point. Maybe, I guess, the Anaheim Angels were, I think, California Angels. So it's just a weird place. I'm like, what's Anaheim, right? So they're they're not in L.A., but they're trying to kind of pretend they're in L.A., just like last year they were in Hartford, but they're trying to pretend they're in New York. So just a really odd choice. Um and, and I guess it was the pond, so they probably the, – the Mighty Ducks were already playing there at that point. So March 31st, 1996, um, everything's built around this Iron Man match. And, and, you know, this was still the time, Jeff, where most of these WrestleManias were one-match shows. The Mega Powers are exploding. Hogan and Andre, um, you know, 
Warrior and Hogan, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We had the double main event for, for WrestleMania 8. But most of these were really around one central match. This this obviously was no different. Um, you know, that really wouldn't go away until uh, a number of years later. So it's built around this. But, you know, it's a fun show because there's there's other pretty interesting things happening here. Um you know, the warrior coming back. I mean, that had been four years since he had been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just go through the card. You know, I don't know. So so we start off the bot the dark match, body Donna's and the Godwins. Um, five minutes, body Donna's would would win the match, Hillbilly with the Godwins, Sonny with the Body Donna's. Then they also did that Huckster versus Nacho Man. No contest. Billionaire Ted's a special guest referee that aired on whatever they were calling the kickoff show at that time. You know, they had been really beat that thing into the ground. And that was kind of the uh, end of, of that whole thing. But remember, that's, you know, that's prior to the NWO. So the Huckster Nacho Man thing, you know, they're they're making fun of how old WCW was. Well, little did they know that literally what we're talking under four months later everything's going to change and hulk hogan's going to be the biggest heel you know going and biggest storyline and everything else so it's kind of interesting that they were poking the bear and little did they know that they were about to get their asses kicked for the next few years the show starts off the six-man tag of bulldog owen and vader defeating Ahmed Johnson, Jake Roberts, and Yokozuna. Now, originally, that was going to be Vader and Yokozuna, mm-hmm. which would have been a spectacle um, and certainly an interesting thing. You know, we've talked about this before. Vader just, he was hurt, and, and he wasn't the Vader that, you know, we've covered some matches of and we've seen, and unfortunately, what, what could have been. I mean, obviously, he would um, go on to face Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam this year, but that kind of fizzled out. And, you know, Vader could have been a monster heel with a with a really nice title run, even if Shawn eventually got it back, you know, going into WrestleMania 13. It just wasn't meant to happen. But, you know, part of it, and again, I know that, like, Bruce has talked about it on his podcast, but, you know, they, they just say, oh, Vader wasn't the old Vader and this and that. Yeah, but the booking also sucked. So remember, yeah. they bring this guy in as a monster at Royal Rumble. He... Beats the shit out of Shawn Michaels, who was, you know, arguably already your biggest baby face. And then what do you then you have him attack Gorilla Monsoon? And then what do you do? Well, you throw him in some bullshit opening match six-man tag. Like you couldn't have found one guy on the roster for Vader to just destroy. Or, I mean, again, you could have put him in a program with Jake Roberts. Ahmed Johnson. You could have just had him squash Yokozuna if you really wanted to get Vader over, right? Um, I mean, there's guys on the roster you could have done this with. And gosh, you ju- uh, Jeff, you just look at this this um, card, and you realize how thin the roster was at the time, too, right? Because you know we only have oh, a yeah. matches, and some of these guys are part timers. So you know, then we have the. Roddy Piper, Gold Dust. Roddy Piper is going to win the Hollywood Backlot Brawl. Probably something you and I should cover. Maybe next year. Um, that's a that's a fun one. And it was it was what it was. I, I thought it was fun. They beat the shit out of each other. You know, I, no complaints there. Steve Austin's going to defeat Savio Vega in ten minutes. 
And just think a year later, Bret Hart. So a lot would happen over the course of 1996 for Steve Austin. Mm -hmm. Then we get the four-year return of the Ultimate Warrior. Say what you want about the guy, but um, and, and you may cover this when you're talking about the reviews. Meltzer said this was the biggest pop of the night. Not yeah. Shawn Michaels, not Bret Hart, not The Undertaker, The Ultimate Warrior. And it wasn't Returning. a surprise. Yep. He knew he was coming out. The guy was over. And if him and Vince saw eye to eye, The Ultimate Warrior could have, you know, had a much different run. Remember, he was gone from mid-92 until early-96, and then he's out the door again very soon. And you just and and we say this about a lot of people. We I mean we say this about you know Bret Hart if he would have stayed longer. But you know is there a place in the Attitude Era for an Ultimate Warrior? That's a tough one. But mm -hmm. God, maybe you know maybe he changes his gimmick a little bit. You know what what could have been? Is there a place? And I and I think even more so for the Macho Man. Like I could have easily seen the Macho Man just change his look and go toe to toe with Steve Austin. So, you know, and then we have uh, the undertaker defeating diesel at this point, we know Diesel's going to be on his way out. So he does the favors for the undertaker. The undertaker streak continues 16 minute match. And then the reason we're here, the Iron Man match. So there's not a lot on this show. There's really not. Um, mm -hmm. But again, it's WrestleMania, it's LA um, you know, one of the other things about this show is, and it's just interesting, right? I mean, it's just kind of how the wind blows with Vince McMahon. Really no celebrities on this show. So you have no Hulk Hogan, not that you had him last year either, but you have no Hulk Hogan, you have no Macho Man, you have no celebrities. Just a very different WrestleMania. We're in Anaheim, you know, so interesting. That's it. Yeah. That's our show. Um, and you know, let's talk a little bit about the match here. And again, you know, not not a ton happening, but you know, we're we're inside the ring, we're outside the ring, some high flying stuff, a lot of mat wrestling. And and again, I, I I doubt I'm spoiling this for anyone, but you know, the strategy was let's not have a bunch of pinfalls. And it was an intro. It was a very, I mean, <clears throat> doing this match in and of itself was very bold. Doing it the way they did was. I mean, it took balls to say, "Hey, let's let's just go an hour straight with, uh, you know, with 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 not a bunch of uh, pinfalls and submissions." Yeah, and this is one where, like, kind of reading the reviews, like we're in a rest hold right now, and we're about fifteen minutes in, sixteen minutes. Uh, this is the first twenty minutes for those of you that have kind of like read reviews is very very boring. Like. It's, you know, it's a lot of this, it's the rest holds, it's, um, th there's just not a lot going on. You kind of wonder if they were kind of feeling each other out and kind of what was happening and stuff like that. And so um, to give a little bit of background of just how we got here, like, you know, it, it, plain and simple, that's what we we're always here for in the build and kind of what we're talking about. And so, um, so I will tell you, I found one right up. It was funny because they kind of concise said it. And so it, I have three lines and then I have about three pages more to discuss how we got here because there was a lot more than just well, a couple sentences here. And so to sum it up briefly, it was uh, Michael's earned the opportunity to face reigning champion Bret Hart by winning the 1996 Royal Rumble and also defeated Owen Hart at In Your House 6 for the right to keep the WrestleMania title shot. 
So it's almost funny to me, like, to, like that's what, you know, kind of if you're reading online, that that's how they describe this match and how we got here. So, um, and so it just kind of funny with that. So, um, but more than that, and so I, 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 you know, there's so much more to this. And so you can't just say, oh, he won the Rumble, he gets a shot at Brett, he beat Owen, he gets still gets a shot at Brett. And so this WrestleMania taking place the end of March, March 31st, 1996. I'm going to kind of break down both guys. I'm going to go all the way back actually to 1994 with Michaels. Um, and so we'll start there. Of course, he had the 10 match against Razor. <clears throat> we know that was the Intercontinental, the dueling Intercontinental Championships, if you will, with both of them over the ring, over the ladder. Um, and so we, you know, we had that. And then also in 94, uh, Michaels and Diesel winning the tag titles. Um, you had uh, at SummerSlam Diesel losing to Razor after getting super kicked. And then, of course, you get that match as well, too. Um, eventually at WrestleMania 11, um, which was the title match as well, too, after Diesel beat Bob Backlund. And so, um, of course, you know, Sid was involved in this as well, too. And so, um, you know, but, you know, kind of we, we've talked through, I think, all of those matches at this point. And so, um, of course, uh, leaving for a little bit. And so coming back is the face uh, in 1995, winning the Intercontinental Championship from Jeff Jarrett. Um, and then, um, of course, the, the title defense against Razor at SummerSlam as well, too. So um, all of that leading up to, of course, the click. And so, you know, we've all heard the stories. We all know the kind of backstage kind of, you know, what they did. We, we all know the curtain call as well, too. But um, a lot of real life things happening here as well, too. Of course, Michael's getting assaulted outside of the bar in New York. And so he had to give up the Intercontinental Championship. And so we all remember that. But then um dean douglas of course everyone's favorite shane douglas uh losing the belt to razor and so you, you know also a member of the click um <clears throat> you also then had the of course and shame on me for forgetting this i texted you earlier uh you know a couple weeks ago uh when the nxt and they did the the fainting spot with the the women's champion and i was like boy i didn't even make this connection with michael's fainting as well too he's like are you an idiot like how did you not make that connection and so i was you know i kind of put it out of there so of course but that was the owen hart match where that happened as well too um and kind of playing up a, a little bit of a retirement angle with that going into 1996, but then, of course, winning the uh, Royal Rumble in 1996, the second year in a row, and so that he could take on Brett. And so um, Brett with this, though, and so that, you know, the click was part of, you know, what was going on backstage, but these guys, there wasn't, I say, well, there was some some heart foundation and, you know, like, you know, the Rockers taking on the Brett, like, these guys, well, there was some different stuff happening. Like there was a, a, I say, a lull for a long time in regards to these guys having matches together outside of the occasional match, like, but nothing to this degree. And so, you know, because with that, you also had, you know, going back again a long ways with Brett having, <clears throat> you know, uh, the or all the way back to '94 again. You had the Survivor Series submission match um bob backlin you had that was the throw in the towel which you know just 
not great. And so, uh, but, you know, Brett in 1994 was Pro Wrestling Illustrator's Wrestler of the Year for the second straight year. Um, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And it was 95, actually, where um, in Royal Rumble, he had the match with Diesel. And so that ended up being a draw because of interference and whatnot. And so um, dealing with that. And so you had the I Quit match, uh, WrestleMania 11, saying that that was his worst match ever. Uh, Brett, of coming from Brett, not a fan of that one. And so... Um, Having, of course, the long feud with Jerry Lawler as well, too. So we're all aware of that. And so, uh, but there was just, you know, these guys, it was really interesting how these guys, while, the, you know, we always associate them together. There was a long period where these guys just weren't really like wrestling each other. And so while you might've had, as I like to say in each other's universes, you had the diesel Sean stuff. You had undertaker actually in Brett for a while there. Um, it was actually, um, you know, he, he did take on diesel as well too. He even like, you know, wrestled triple H or Hunter Hearst Helmsley, if you will, back in the day. And so, um, but one thing I had forgotten actually at this time too, like you had said, you know, Freddie Blassie and Stu Hart sitting ringside. It was actually Rowdy Roddy Piper who was commissioner at this time and said that he, he actually made the match for these two. And so um, that, and why, and that it would be a 60 minute match. And so um, I had forgotten, you know, just through time that Piper was commissioner at this time. And so he's actually the one that set up this match, giving us the 60 minutes. So, um, you know, like I said, while you could say it's a tight, like, Oh, he won rumble. So he gets to take on Brett, but, um, and we'll talk about the behind the scenes stuff a little bit too. I, I left some of that out. Cause I know we're going to discuss it separately, but like, you know, these guys, there was not a whole lot of like outside of like, we're going to go out and be sports about this. Like outside of the ring, like these guys were not the best of buddies, <laughs> plain and simple. So um, we all know, you know, there was a, a lot of, uh, you know, Brett not liking just the way Sean was the kind of attitude, all of that. We all know Brett really, you know, the, the technical wrestler and things like that. And, you know, I say more of a traditionalist, uh, even Brett nowadays still comes out and says some some things that I say, you know, it just kind of, you know, shows who he is and, and, and not in a, a negative way necessarily, but just how he feels about the business and um, which is interesting to me as well, too. So, um, yeah, I'll stop for a sec. You got thoughts on any of the build or anything like anything you want to add? Like I said, I know there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, too. Yeah, and, and in some ways, I mean, this goes back even further because you think about the matches they had in 92. And, I mean, it's mm -hmm. it, it's crazy because it. I, I, I just think what could have been, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you think about, you know, some of the storytelling that we're getting right now and, and even previous to this. I mean, you think about, like, the intricacies of, like, the mega powers exploding, for instance. And... I as good as some of the Brett Sean stuff was, as good as the rivalry was, it it, it wasn't half of what it could have been, you know. Yeah. And, and even I mean, you know, to, if you really think about this, and it's hey, you know, there, there's so much more that could have been shared. And some of this is the fact that you know, there's pros and cons of the amount of TV they produce now. And it's easy to say, gosh, there's too much TV, and there's too, but it allows you to tell stories. 
Okay, you can tell the bloodline story in a way that you couldn't have told a story in 1996 because you just didn't have the TV time to do it. You mm -hmm. didn't have three hours of Raw. You didn't have two hours of SmackDown. You know, you had a weekend show, but, you know, there wasn't a lot happening on those shows. So there, there's so much more that could have been told here. You know, mm -hmm. you had the, the, you know, well, Bret Hart, you know, grew up in the business, but I had to, you know, figure this stuff out all for myself. And Bret Hart was given all these opportunities that I wasn't. And, you know, I mean, so there's so many things that happened prior to this. Um, and, 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 and obviously, had we not had Shawn Michaels losing his smile, had we not had the screw job, I mean, every, for as much as happened in this storyline, Jeff, there's like five times more that didn't happen and couldn't happen. And yeah. there's so many more things you could have done, you know, a trilogy, uh, a ladder match, a Hell in a Cell match, a, you know, and again, pre Hell in a Cell, but Steel Cage, whatever it might have been, Last Man Standing, Best of Seven. I mean, who knows, but gosh, what you could have done with these two guys, because, you know, it's that perfect storm of they're great. Both of them are great on the mic. Both of them are super over with the fans. Both of them have great stories and things about their characters. And, oh, and by the way, these are two of the top five in-ring performers ever, maybe. I mean, you know, it's this perfect storm. You know, I, I, like, God love Reigns and Lesnar – but there's only so many, so much they can do between the two of them in the ring. These guys could have done anything. These guys could have had any type of match, any type of series. They could have done a best of seven with seven way different matches. Both of them were world class heels. Both of them were world class faces. They could, I mean, you know, here they're baby face, baby face. I, I, I mean, this would have been better if Brett was a heel, obviously. But right, so I mean, it's just I say all that to say. They these two never scratched the surface, and I know that sounds crazy. Well, they wrestled in in '92. They had this match. They had the screw drop. They had the feud. There's all the back and forth. There's the sunny days. I'm telling you that that's 10 percent of what this feud could have been. These two could have been the greatest feud in the history of professional wrestling. Mm. You'd be, you know, Rock Austin, Austin McMahon. Uh, Hogan Andre, Hogan Savage, um, Steamboat Flair, you know, they could have been as good, if not better, if it actually got to play out all the way. And remember, Brett went away for nine months, or I guess six months after this. Right. And then he never worked, uh, you know, uh, again. You know, this would have been, keep in mind, original plan, uh, Brett, Sean, WrestleMania 13. Well, what's, what's interesting about that? That had never been done before. Remember, every year was a unique matchup, a unique feud. Now, they went back to Hogan-Andre as part of WrestleMania four, and Yoko and Brett were still kind of intertwined a little bit in, um, you know, in, in WrestleMania nine and ten. But, but again, they had never just said, okay, this rivalry is so good, we're going to run it back. And by the time we got to 13 – 
Brett could have been a heel. Sean could have been a heel. One of them certainly was going to become a heel. They weren't both going to stay baby faces forever. So that's how good this was. Mm. Yeah. The So we're about 30 minutes in now at this point. Sean's selling as Sean does, kind of bouncing up on the center turnbuckle there. Um, so uh, I know you have uh, – I, I, I dug into a little bit here the history God, of the Iron you, Man. You just said it, but, man, the way Sean sells. It's yeah. Like over right. the top. It's just it, it's just like like on that clothesline there. It's it's And, again, it, it sounds so elementary, right? But then how come he looks better than everyone else that's ever – wrestled in the business right there's just something yep. about that clothesline he didn't do a flip he didn't oversell it it's just like he gives up his body weight and just lets i mean even a smaller guy like brett just trample him i mean there's just something that's so real about it and it, again it's not over the top I, I you know as good as wrestling is right now i still don't know if there's anyone i'd say oh they sell better even if you said oh dolph ziggler sells better nah it's a little gimmicky you know oh, it's a little it. Little There's a ref it. bump. Yep, yeah, little ref, ref bump, bump there. Kind of almost looked like a botch by Brad. So, um, got a little bit of the history of the Iron Man match here, and I have some trivia here that I, I'm hoping you didn't find. And Probably so, not, because I, I feel like you. I feel like you're going to stump me here. So the uh, the I kind of was looking back, and I say on big shows, the first kind of Iron Man match was actually not WWF, but WCW. It was Beach Blast 1992. That would have been Rude Steamboat? Rude Steamboat coming in 30 minutes minutes, at 4-3 for Steamboat on this one. You then had the – it was a house show in 93. You had Brett and Rick. Uh, going 60 minutes, which is, I say, one of the first 60 minute matches here. And then we go back to WCW in 93. This was the vacant WCW United States title is Dustin Rhodes against Rick Rude in a one to one 30. And then we get this match in 1996. But I kind of dug back, and Tom, if you had to guess, it's not these two wrestlers in the ring. Who has one of the best records in Iron Man matches? And I'm including, like, th- th- you know, there's, of course, these big ones from when it started. But there were some ones that happened at house shows all the way back to 1989 is where I was starting to find records. But who do you think has one of the best records in Iron Man matches? I, I couldn't even guess. Uh, give me Ricky Steamboat. Well, you're way off, Tom. And yeah. so it, there was in between 89 and, well, really the better part of 89, uh, numerous house show Ironman matches had Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty taking on the fabulous Rougeaus. Really? Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty winning almost every time. So Shawn Michaels had a significant advantage going into this match. Yes. And so by my count, there was one, two, three, four, five, six Ironman matches that these two tag team wrestled in 1989. How long were they? And so I I couldn't even find that. And so I'm guessing 30. Yeah. Uh, 
the first being August 4th. It was a house show in Montreal. And I, this is the Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty defeated the Fabius Rougeau brothers. Uh, three falls to two in overtime. Uh, the Rougeau's won falls one and two. The Rockers won three and four. The Rockers won the fifth and deciding fall when Michaels reversed an inside cradle by putting Jannetty on top after Jacques had done the same moments earlier. And so... And so this one, uh, the second one, actually, I said 30, I'm already a liar. It said, uh, despite the scheduled 60-minute time limit, the deciding fall in overtime was at the 45-minute mark. And so that show maybe running a little bit long there. Uh, they had another overtime match here against the Rougeaus, uh, overtime. So almost all of these were overtime sudden death as well, too. And so, and there is, I'll send you the link. There is a few pictures circulating from some of these shows of the Rougeaus and uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, Marty Jannetty, the Rockers. And so um, this was, and shout out to where this was. This was literally the, um, the lost WWE Ironman matches. And sure enough, like I... You know, and I was just screwing around doing my research here. And so, of course, we all know, like, you know, some of these bigger matches that have happened. Um, you know, the, you know, we had WrestleMania 12. There was Judgment Day. It was weird because there was actually a, a, a lull. Like, WWE, like, this match was 96. The next one wasn't until 2000. Um, and like I said, Judgment Day was Triple H and The Rock. And that was, I feel like they were making up a little bit for that one because it was 6-5 on the pinfalls. Um, so quite a bit going on there but then tna has actually done a lot of different matches uh iron man matches as well too of course we've had just recently had the one at aew as well too but um, did, you watch, TNA, did you watch the whole match no i did not um okay. i feel like admitting I that I, admitting that out loud i feel like i'm like blasphemy to loving wrestling like no that's fine i mean you, look you weren't you're, you're not going to pay 60 dollars four times a year you know, automatically. I, I I watched it on an illegal stream the next day on YouTube. Terrible. Oh my gosh. So, um, I, yeah, I caught that. That's how I watched parts of it. Like, yeah. And so, but I, while it was a good match, yeah, but also like, I, I don't know, like it just wasn't for me. That doesn't mean it was bad at all. Like I, that, I, I find it funny how so many of the reviews from that show are like, oh my God, that was the greatest show ever. It will change wrestling forever. Like, I don't agree with that. Like, that's just not a thing. So, um, so as well, too, I will say another piece of trivia here for you and those at home. While Brett, I guess, officially non-house show matches, Brett and Sean have uh, the most appearances in Iron Man matches. But, and he is a current WWE wrestler, but he's wrestled for other promotions. Do you want to take a stab at who has the next highest amount of appearances in Iron Man matches? After, after Sean? After Sean, yes. Brett and Sean, yeah. Kurt Angle? Uh, no, Kurt Angle is, is he on the list? He is, he has had appearances, but lost, uh, almost all of them. It would actually be, uh, the, uh, uh, the phenomenal AJ Styles. Oh, okay. And so coming over from TNA. And so, uh, Kurt did get actually a win in TNA, but he has not had a win in a WWE Ironman match involvement. So there you go. So, um, 
Yeah, and so just a, a like a lot of history here in regards to these matches, and um, I was shocked just to see that there was you know all these house like eighty nine. It's almost crazy. I'm sure that there was you know some territory Iron Man matches. Like Twitter, let us know about it. Some historian out there that has this, but this I was quite shocked to see just the Rockers and like Sean and the Rougeaus, like this was their thing in 89. Like they were doing Iron Man matches at house shows that we had no idea about that were happening. And so, uh, and like I said, it was house show Montreal, house show Chicago, house show Philly, house show Boston, house show DC, and house show West Palm Beach, Florida. Like just crazy. So yeah. Almost had the cameraman taken out there. Of course, Sean going over the top. I think the cameraman not realizing what was going on. So uh, kind of bouncing off the floor. Just kind of crazy there. Yeah. So it's interesting in the um, Observer around this time was that was the time that they uh, WCW had the that horrible uncensored pay-per-view. Yep. Uh, that was the one with that doomsday cage match. It was Hogan and Savage against eight guys. Um, yep. But it was interesting because um, Meltzer said it, it's it's time for Hogan and Savage to leave. They're just they're they're horrible for the company. Mm. I, I know yes. it's rare. For, I know it's rare for Meltzer to be wrong. Right. Yeah. Speaking of, let's get into the reviews on this one. Actually, we're we're getting into the final twenty here, where it's going to start to pick up a little bit. So I kind of want to talk through this. So kind um, of gone fast, to be quite honest. With it you. really has. Yeah, I know. It's. I'm almost shocked how fast it's gone. And so nothing too uh, crazy. But I mean, they've been outside a lot. There's been some high flying. It's not like they're saving it all. So um, Sean was number one night or uh, in this year, 1996. Uh, Brett 16, which feels a little odd, but I guess it was gone a little bit uh sean uh most popular wrestler of this year by uh, just a landslide the first runner up randy savage the second runner up sid vicious on this one um and so the little right while most of the male fans didn't enjoy michael's flamboyant ways there's no denying that michael's had several incredible matches during the year matches with owen hart bret hart diesel mankind vader Goldust, and psycho sid made for a great year in title reign for michael's I would have thought Sid would have gotten a few more votes, but he had returned earlier and maybe, uh, but had he returned earlier, he maybe would have had a different outcome. Savage didn't have a lot of major wins, but kept a strong following. This, of course, winning the match of the year. Uh, Sean's match against Mankind actually was the runner-up on this one. Uh, the match between Mankind and Sean seems to be the match that should have won the award based on the four picks. There was also Sabu and Rob Van Dam in the War Games of 1996. Uh, though, if you really think outside the box, there were a few Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio matches that were exciting. However, the Mind Games match between Mankind and Michaels was incredible and elevated Mankind to a top-tier level in the company he hadn't received previously. And so didn't really say much about this match. And so, but, you know, selling the uh, Shawn Michaels Mankind match. So um, getting into the, the behind the scenes here. So the Pro Wrestling Torch, I, I pulled a little bit from the previews of this match as well as what they wrote after because I thought it was interesting what they were saying in the lead up versus after. And so um, 
Yeah. So uh, the mount, the match built slowly, very slowly, and for many viewers, and this is the from the torch uh, built slowly for many viewers. It wasn't the type of match they were expecting. It was rarely not well ex executed, but the high spots were not plentiful, and the lack of falls took away a tool for generating crowd heat. Something lacking throughout because the pacing was so deliberate. Bret Hart clearly dictated the style and pace of the match. Michaels, it seems safe to assume, given his pre-match hype, would have preferred a faster paced match but being the junior of the two wrestlers went along with Brett's calls of the match. Brett kept the action on the mat for most of the match and at a pace that had the two wrestlers not been so over to begin with would have been a pretty boring match. Um, less than two minutes later, perhaps too short a time to re-entrench the fans into the match, Michaels hit a super kick in a 60-second span to score, or hit two super kicks in a 60-second span to score the pinfall. After Brett left the ring and Michaels clutched the belt, Michaels did not get the overwhelming ovation he probably dreamed of. The clean finish was marred by controversy of whether going to overtime was fair to Brett. The friendship and mutual respect between Brett and or Michaels and Razor was clear in their ladder matches. The tension and jealousy between Michaels and Brett was clear in this match. That took away from what, all notwithstanding, was still a memorable match worthy of its main event positions. Four and a quarter stars. Um, wow. I didn't realize I didn't realize he rated it that high. Yeah, and so another one. Um, it said. Uh, by walking out of the match without personal personally handing Michaels the belt, Brett may have been showing a legitimate undercurrent of legitimate heat he has over having to drop the belt to someone whom he shares personal and professional animosity and friction. There were no blow-ups backstage to confirm that the tension was a shoot, but Michael's reaction after the match also lent credibility to that theory. And so there is some interesting things that happen after the match, so it is something to pay attention there. And so... Um, the so yeah so you got wade giving it four and a half stars so the observer newsletter on this one this is from the preview uh the latter uh wwe has been using uh and hyping bret hart versus Shawn michaels one hour is tremendous pressure on the combatants never before has a major promotion basically told the fans they are going to see the greatest athletic match in the history of the promotion leading up to a pay-per-view show with expectations put at such a high level if the two come through it will be a match remembered for years but if they slip up just a tad and going one hour with today's style of wrestling is a lot from both men it will be considered a disappointment um, this is, of course, winning the best match of the night. I also thought it was interesting, too, that while it, it was very low on the list, it was one, two, three, four, five, six. It got sixth place on the worst match, too. And so um, there was a, a six matches or yeah, one, two, three, four, four, five matches worse than it. But also to see it on the worst matches is, is kind of interesting to me. And also the Piper Gold Dust match is actually like got a lot of best place match votes. And so, um, and only 70% giving this a thumbs up, 25 uh, thumbs down. So uh, the big write-ups here from Meltzer on this one, and we're getting into the last 16, 15 minutes here. Uh, the WWF self-proclaimed greatest title match in history was an interesting 62 minutes. Live, despite post-show proclamations and testimonials, the crowd was largely dead for the majority of the match. Quite frankly, it was downright boring live un unless one was sitting in the bottom rung of the building where the hardcore WWF maniacs were, many of whom traveled from across the country. The rest of the crowd seemingly came for the special pageantry of WrestleMania, which was 
was non-existent or to see the return of the ultimate warrior, which was barely existent, but blew the roof off the place. It was more like a regular house show than a major event with the exception of the Piper gold dust, although a very well produced house show. Fans were leaving the building during the main event. To say they were leaving in droves would be an overstatement, but there were probably a few thousand empty seats by the time the match reached its climax. I bullshit. I highly doubt that. There's no way that... It's packed. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So the the top just cleared out? Give me a break. I don't buy that for a second. Uh, but there were probably a few thousand empty seats by the time the match reached its climax, and the pop for the title win couldn't compare with major babyface world title wins of the past. Uh, the lack of a build for the finish after 60 minutes of what was supposed to have been nothing but building was poor booking. Uh, don't take any of this as a knock on Hart or Michaels. After watching the same match on television and concentrating more on their performance as opposed to the crowd's reaction to the performance, it was an excellent match. Good enough to live up to the tagline that was created for it before the match had ever started about being the greatest title match in the history of WWF. No way. Hart left the building, but Gorilla Monsoon told her to restart, yada, yada. And so, yeah. So uh, Meltzer gave this one four and a quarter star. So both guys, while it, it was interesting, and a lot of the reviews that I read was the first 20 minutes of this match weren't great. The next 20 minutes, it started to pick up. The last 20 minutes was really good. And there was a lot of people at the time, and even nowadays, some of these readings, when I'm like reading over reviews and going back at like, they had a lot of problems with how the overtime played out. I'm curious, Tom, like, because it is quick. It, like, was it that sudden death? Could it have been better? And how would you have booked it better? Or are you happy with it? Mm. Well, how, how much longer can sudden death go, right? I mean, so okay, hey, sudden death was too short. It should have been five minutes instead of three minutes. Uh, okay. You know, maybe, but it also could have been boring. Um, it couldn't have gone on forever. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it was fine. I mean, again, if I had to look back, you know, could you argue? I, I like the way it was booked. I like the idea that, gosh, these guys are both great. It took Sean 63 minutes to beat him. We got to see another match. This has to continue. You know, they're pissed off at each other. Neither guy's happy. I like I like all of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, could we have added some pinfalls in? Sure. You know, I, I think I, I think you could have. I, I so no, I don't. I don't think I'd, I'd have booked it any differently, to be honest with you. Um, mm. I mean, just just to play with it here, you know, if you were if you were going to do something during the match, you know, I'd argue Sean tapping out to the sharpshooter, Brett being pinned by the super kick. It makes both men kind of claim a small victory during the match and gives mm-hmm. it a little more excitement, but what, what does it matter? So 30 minutes into the match, if, you know, Brett had been pinned, w- what does that do to make the match any better? Yeah. And any more exciting. I, I just don't think it, I don't think it matters much. 
I think this actually makes more sense. I think what doesn't make sense is the opposite, which you see a lot of. Oh, okay, so you mean to tell me that Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan, did they go to a 30 or 60-minute draw? They, they went 60. 30. No, their first one or the first one was 30. Yeah. But but no no no. The, the oh, first, no. oh, I know what you said. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was a 60 minute draw. Okay. Yes. So then so you mean to tell me those two do a 60 minute draw, but then if I put MJF and Daniel Bryan in a ring together, there's going to be seven pinfalls right. in the same amount of time. So I actually think this is a better way to book an Iron Man. And if you if you wanted to do some pinfalls, I'd argue maybe you go 1-1 one, one and it becomes like a best of three. That makes more sense. Having six different, eight different, whatever it is, you know, decisions mm -hmm. within an hour when these guys don't, you know, in a normal match, they go 30 to 40 minutes, you know. I just, so I, I, I'm, I'm more in line with this way of booking. I'm looking at so the list I have is there's about 30 Iron Man matches on this list that it's spread out between AEW, TNA, Impact, and uh, the women as well too. WCW. We'll just say 40 matches for the sake of it. From what I can tell, three of them were 1-0. Everything else is 5-4, 4-3, 6-5. 3-2-3-2-4-3-5-4-2-2-1-1. Like, that was that NXT match. Like, And so I thought it was interesting because almost I felt like universally the reviews I was reading and, it, we, you know, it just kind of random places too. And I, like, read it and all these other things just to see what people were saying. Like, it was universally, like, they're the – the zero pinfalls contributed negatively to the match, which I agree with you. Okay, so you get a, a pin at 20 minutes in and then 30 minutes in. In 30 minutes, it doesn't matter because then you're still 1-1. One, one. So to have it be 0-0 zero, zero instead of 1-1, one, one, I think actually helps. Like you, I'm with you. It contributes to the match in a positive way versus like – Oh, you know, they've already they've already done their finishers. We've seen it. Like, who cares? Agreed. Agreed. So we're in the final 10 now. This match has flown by. Like I it was like uh, even I was thinking, like, man, when we were saying we were gonna do this match, I was like, Oh boy, we gotta buckle up. Like we've been we've gone 50 minutes already. This is crazy. And so look, you've heard me you've heard me say this before, but you can't look at you can't look at this match and I mean you can compare it to today, okay? And and, yep. and I obviously I think it holds up great. You may say, oh well, MJF and Daniel Bryan was more exciting. Well, this is 1996. That's 2023. You're you're talking about almost 30 year difference. Yep. So you can't you know, compare. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's it's a different era, it's a different style. But I, I mean, again, that you have to understand in this era how ridiculously amazing this match is. And and I and I think you, I mean, I think you have to do it both ways. Like I, I think it's no different with sports sometimes. Where yes, today's athletes are faster and stronger, so you know. It's always, you know, it, it, it's a tough thing to do, but man, for this being 30 years ago, for it to be 
this good at that time. I mean, there were a lot of moves in this match you didn't see a whole heck of a lot of. And, yeah, these guys could do anything. Uh, something I have not brought up, and I, I'm ashamed that I haven't said it yet to this point of, is this, and we didn't show it, but please go back and watch it, is this the greatest Shawn Michaels entrance ever? And this is, of course, him coming down on the zip line, the classic, like, you know, look from behind and the camera flashes everywhere. Like, it, was this the best or where would you rank this in regards to Michaels? Yeah. You know, the the only one that immediately comes to mind that I, I could argue was better was WrestleMania 25, the all white coming down, you mm. know, and then the music hits. I, that was pretty awesome too yeah and this is of course one of the the write-ups i thought it was funny because they're like this like and, and for those at home like we started the match right at the bell but go back and watch kind of like the 10 15 minutes before this match because it does set it up well i felt like it was very like this set up both wrestlers perfect because brett came in just the old style through the ramp kind of had the glasses and you have sean literally coming down from the rafters like sparkling like just the two personas like just you know completely on display and couldn't be any better yeah It was also the, one of the few times they ever put anything on the mat. I think WCW did that more often, but this was – and they did it so they could sell the mats. And mm -hmm. I actually just found one on eBay um, the other day. Um, it was going for $780. A full mat? But, uh, no. The, a piece of this mat um, ah, got had it. something, and then Shawn Michaels signed it. Got it. Okay, cool. Speaking of which, yeah, my trivia question for you. Oh, yeah. You, you built it up for me the yeah. other day. Yeah, what do you got? In the collecting world, oh there is a holy grail of collectible chairs, collectible ringside chairs. Okay. What event is that from? Is it... Was it a ringside chair or was it like... Ringside chair to an event. I'm going to say, was it there this? Were, it was only for the first five rows. There's only 500 of them. This was the first event that they ever did the ringside chairs at. Interesting. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, it's because there's a few. WrestleMania 10. Was it? Okay. WrestleMania 10, first five rows, 500 chairs. The holy grail of chair collecting. Um, handful of them on eBay. The cheapest one had a seven fifty. Then there was one that was like over a thousand. So are we talking signed or unsigned? Because I know unsigned. the main event there was not unsigned. It says one okay. of five hundred on unsigned. Interesting. Okay. Yep. I wonder. Because I, you know, I have when we when we had our visit to the performance center, like we were gifted, like those at this point got to be you know worth a decent penny as well too, uh, because there's only so many of them and the wrestlers that were there at the time. That was a snapshot of like who was there and who wasn't. Yep. Well, and the the, the way to do that WrestleMania ten share is if you could have had Scott Hall and uh, Shawn Michaels sign it. That that's why I said like because the main event was Brett and Yoko so like it's really you know okay whatever like not 
not fantastic, but unless you got like Owen and Brett to sign it, like you went with the opening match there, yeah. like that would be crazy too. But yeah, so yeah. all right, so we're final four minutes here now. Uh, the pace has really picked up. Yes, um, in the last kind of ten minutes, really five ten minutes. Um, both guys look just incredibly drained, but still working hard. He looks like probably the- drained too. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. Man, yeah, he, uh, he took a bump. What thirty minutes ago? He's still recovering. Like, yeah, like this is just, um, yep. And so these guys, oh boy, just huge, kind of jumping off the road. Fans seem to be a little bit more into it now. I see a little bit more clapping and things happen. Have you uh, have you watched this year's a uh, and E documentaries yet? Not yet. Nope. I still need to. So, so I've um, watched. I guess the first two: NWO and Jake the Snake. Okay. Jake was excellent. Anything on him is great. Yep. No, nothing new. Nothing new from uh, NWO. Really good. I mean, it's still still fun to watch. But right, uh, Jake was excellent. I didn't realize. I mean, he's been sober now for like ten years. Yeah, uh, with DDP and all this other stuff. Like, yeah, yeah he's, he's been, been like factoring in some, you know, some regressions or whatever. But he's been sober for ten years. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it totally. You know, you know, I get they put him with Lance Archer, which he probably you know had a good connection with Lance Archer and AEW. I think the fact that they're not using him more, like almost in like a Heyman role, like you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like it, it, he should be out there every week putting somebody over, like just like that's the way to do it. Like Sting, Sting's having the matches with Darby and stuff like that, and Jake, you know, can't have the matches, but man, like on the mic, he's still phenomenal. Yeah, and it may it 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 may be more that they put them with you know Archer as opposed to someone else. I, I'll tell you, you know, and not that he needs them, but man, could you imagine like a Jake um, combo with uh, Moxley? Oh yeah, right. Right. I just I, to me, I, I, again, I think you're exactly right. Like, how are you not using Jake? I mean, I, I just I I'd love to see him in a weekly role. Um, you know, again, there's so much value to, well, these guys can talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some yep. of it's just as you get older in life, like I'm, I would be better at cutting a promo now than when I was 23 years old, you know, if I had to kind of write my own stuff. So like they just, right. they get better. Um, but you know, you, you watch like uh Cena with theory. Oh mm. my God. You're like better than anyone on the roster. You know, and oh my god, yeah. Time and perspective. I mean, if The Rock came back, he'd do a great promo. Austin, I mean, some of them is they were just great in their day, but some of it is with some, you know, you know, gray hairs or whatever. You can really do, you know, just some great promos. And so it's like, man, like Jake, like, and and you know, you want to get casual fans to watch AEW because it's just your hardcore fans that watch. Getting involved would be a good idea. Well, and certain wrestlers can We're say now things. We're down to a minute. Like, yep. Brett's out. Sean's trying to get to the top rope. I mean, they are just, you know, and and, and, and what? Meltzer said 8,000 people have left the building at this point. Yeah, thousands. Yeah, we don't see that. Sure doesn't sound like it. Like, unless they just happen to all be opposite the hard cam. Like, yeah. Like, 43, yeah. 42, 41. Brett are barely standing at that. So he, he locks this up to Caught Brett coming off the top, or caught Sean coming off the top rope, and now Sharpshooter's locked in. 
But it shows you how Because, like, everyone's standing there, so some people are cheering for him, some aren't. I mean, you would assume that, you know, it's 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 tough because it's like maybe the tie should go to the champion. So the sudden death thing kind of doesn't make sense. But, you know, again, Gorilla Monsoon's there. Um, I'm, I'm interested how this plays out because I've read enough. But, yeah, here comes Gorilla almost immediately. Into Gorilla the Monsoon's ring. one that I'd love an A&E documentary for. So Brett's leaving the ring. Brett's out. He's got the belt. He's out of here. the full 60-minute time limit. But I'm not... Gorilla Monsoon, is it going to end like this? What a match. Gorilla Monsoon talking to the officials. Howard Finkel, ring announcer. Earl Hebner, the official. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. The 60-minute time limit has expired. However, this match has been ordered to continue... Brett Malfin, why? Rules. There must be a winner. All right, so we're going back in the ring. Brett's pissed, kind of like the heel thing, which is good. But this shows you babyface versus babyface is tough because it's like, mm. so they say, oh, well, the pop when Sean wins wasn't louder. Well, part of it is because some people are cheering for Brett. Oh, well, you know, so-and-so got a bigger pop. Yeah, because they beat a heel. So you know that you have to take that into consideration. Everyone's standing; they're super engaged. It's just going to be that some people are conflicted, some people are Brett fans. You know, you're. It's it's not a you know, Sean isn't beating a monster heel, which mm -hmm. is why babyface babyface is tough. So Sean's getting up. Brett's pissed. Bring the bell. Brett's like, let's go. I yep. can tell you right now, Brett Hart does not like this decision, and he's going to take it out on Sean Michaels. He'll make sure the uh, We know what happened in the aftermath here, but I have a, before this one ends. What if it had just ended? Oh, God. Like, horrible. Like, horrible. Or what would have happened after this if Brett kept the bell? Business would have cratered. That's what would have happened. People wouldn't have watched Raw the next day. Big backflip there from Brett onto Sean. Well, the other problem too is let's say you end this at a tie. Okay, let let's say you 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 did this. Where where do you go with it? Obviously, yeah, that was the thought I had too. Yeah, but it's like, what's your? I mean, last man standing. I mean, they didn't even have those back then. Like, how how would you even you know take it to another level? I mean, that's the problem. Is like there's not much nowhere you can go after this. It's interesting. Like, okay, super kick, but. Both men are out. But that's the question. It's like, even at WrestleMania 13, you do a rematch. How do you, what do you do to make the rematch bigger than this? I don't know. You know, I don't know if they would have, they had done ladder matches on the house show. Maybe it's a ladder match, but that just seems kind of gimmicky for the main event of WrestleMania between these two. Yep. You know, you can't do another Iron Man match. You know, if you did best of three, it'd be weird because it's like, well, they already went over an hour with one pinfall. I, I don't know what you would have done. Maybe just no DQ. 
Uh, I, and I, I wonder, I wonder too, like because the curtain call is not long after this, so like does Sean end up taking more of the brunt at that point? Like is Sean Michaels getting buried, They've like you know, because like he doesn't have the belt at that time? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Michael said he got it. He got all of it. Michael's got all of it. Michael's got all of it. Michael's got to cover. Like a pretty good pop to me. It looks like a pretty full audience too. Sorry, I just get a little choked up during this part. Hey, man, I know you're you're, you're, you're the Mike, you're the Michael's Mark out of us. It's okay, oh, Brett Mark. So right. good, just so good. But yeah, I mean that you know, again, not to be nitpicky, but Sean was just such an asshole at this point. You know, he's like telling Bret Hart to get out. I mean, you know, he said that, right? I mean, you know, yes, he's, yeah. Bret Hart, yep. he's saying, get him out of the ring right now. Okay. Then he's telling Earl to get out of the ring. I think he's telling Jose that he wants. Yeah. So he told Jose to get out of the ring. He's Who telling is, he's, Brett he to came get out in of the and then 10 seconds later, Jose's out of the ring again. Yep. See, that's his Brett's son's pissed. They're not and showing Brett either. I'm going to a camera. I mean, it, it sucks that, like, your first instinct is tell this motherfucker to get out of my ring. Yeah. But, like, it was just a, I mean, it, it's so real. I mean, just put yourself in his shoes. You've been on the road for 15 straight years, tag mm -hmm. team wrestler, wanted to be world champion, wanted to be Ric Flair when you grow up. You know, people say that you're too small, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, he... The guy had an edge to him. He had an attitude to him. So he's mm -hmm. like, hey, get the hell out of my ring. Like, this is my moment. And uh, oh well, get over it. You know what I mean? I mean? You know what I mean? Like, that's just his mind. I mean, that it it's easy for us to go, oh, well, he should have been nicer in this moment. Well, you don't know how jacked up people are, you know, what their attitude and mindset is. And frankly, to succeed in this business. Yeah, mm -hmm. you kind of you kind of have to have an edge to you. You can't just be a nice guy. So what? Right, absolutely. Well, and so the aftermath on this one, briefly, we all know this ends in the screw job. Um, but you know, Michaels had, of course, there was the sunny days, like you said earlier. There was some of that, and so leading to this backstage kind of stuff. There was before that, there was the curtain call as well too. He lost his smile as well, you know. So there was all of that, and so um, you know whether or not he wanted to continue or wanted to drop the belt again to brett like you know he just that was not a thing and so um he of course said the heart foundation uh, you know reforming as well too in the pro canada so like you know with brett and so of course you had brett signing the 20-year deal as well too and then not being able to pay it and going to you know wcw um and doing all that there was just a lot, and brett had a lot of good matches you know of course he had the um the stone cold match as well too there was the final four match with vader undertaker and 
Um, you know, it just like there was a whole lot of stuff that happened. Of course, we started getting into the the match that we've covered before with the the Patriot as well, too. Don't want to forget about that one. And so like Brett had a lot of really good matches after this, but like whether it was hanging on to the, you know, wanting to be, you know, the top guy again and it just wasn't there. Um, and getting into the attitude area, which Brett was not a fan of, it just like it just kind of crazy. And so, um, and then of course, you know, we've told the screw job story so many times, we don't need to tell it again, it was culminating with that. So, um, yeah, it's Survivor Series uh, 1997. So, yeah, you know, the last thing I'll say just as we wrap up, I mean, this to me is one of the best kind of coronations that you're ever going to see, just the. You know, the on his knees and the belt and the commentary and the in the ring. And you can tell what it means to him. And I mean, the boyhood dream has come true. You know, that's yep. that's a shoot, brother. I mean, that's that's as real as it gets. And, you know. I, I mean. You know, you don't get that many of these. Okay, that's let let, let yep. I'm gonna close I'm gonna close up with that thought. Okay, and and here's what I mean by that. Okay, this is a big stage, so you have to throw out all of your title changes that have happened on smaller stages, even SummerSlam, even B shows, even Raws. Okay, you kind of have to throw those out because they don't live forever like a WrestleMania moment. Then. Any heel champion, you know, tell me the first time Triple H won the title. I don't remember. I don't know. He was, he was a heel. What? Right? Like, I, I couldn't even tell you. First time The Rock won the title. He was a heel. Okay? You know? So, like, big time coronations, big stages. You know, Hogan won the title for the first time on a house show. Um, you know, mm -hmm. Savage at the end of WrestleMania four at that, the, the Liz on the shoulder thing and the warrior with the two titles and Sean, you know, when Brett won a title on a house show, they mm -hmm. recorded it, but it was untelevised. So, you know, you go through all these legends, Austin, big time, first champion, you know, awesome stuff. But there aren't many of those in history. So they're very, very important. We're probably, and, and it's so rare now, you know, I mean, Drew McIntyre, he wins it in the Performance Center in front of no one. I could go on and on. Edge, he won it as a heel. So who got that big coronation? And, and you know, we're about to get another one here with Cody. And yeah. Don't, don't waste that because... You 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 only get a handful of those in history. If you really think about it, I'm talking big time coronation. How many of those are there in history? There's not. When's the first time Flair won the title? Who knows? I, I mean, I, I I don't know. You know, Sting Sting had a Sting had a nice one the first time he won the world title. But those you know those moments are very very precious in professional wrestling and. Well, it I think you're right with Cody. Like he's about to get it at WrestleMania beat Rome. Like it's going to be gigantic. Like, and this was too, at the time, like to, to dethrone Brett. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Great show. 
Really, Wrestle- really good stuff, man. I, I'm, it's a lot of fun. WrestleMania week. I'm glad we waited to do it because it just, you know, it's it, it can't not be excited. Like I, I, I don't know about you, but I've already I've I've told uh, the wife like there is nothing on the calendar except WrestleMania this weekend. Like we're not doing anything. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pick up food early and just have it ready. Like you know, get myself some. Just some frozen shrimp and a pizza, and call it a weekend. You know, like, uh, that's what it's going to go down. So, uh, mine, mine but, tried, mine tried suckering me into some group dinner or something. I said, absolutely not. No way, man. Like seriously, like take your take your boyfriend if you want to go, but I'm not. No, but this is this is the time. Make sure you know we will you know talk about WrestleMania later. But you know it's exciting exciting time in wrestling, and you know beginning anew. Here we go after that. So, um, all right, let's send. uh, You know, while the fans may have not necessarily gone home happy after this show, let's send ours home happy. Yeah, great, great stuff. Really enjoyed it, and. We appreciate the support. Enjoy WrestleMania, and we'll see you next week on an all-new episode of The Path.